Welcome to Passion Life Church. Welcome to part three of a series that we've entitled The Voice. We really believe that hearing God's voice is crucial for your Christian life. Anybody believe that? And I believe that it is the greatest privilege for God. I mean, he could talk to anybody, but he wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to me. And today we're just going to dive in and talk about hearing God's voice. And I believe that today... It's crucial for you as a child of God to be able to hear God's voice, not only for your life, but to go to the next level. Can you believe that we are in March of 2016 already? I mean, Easter's coming. I was just, I just finished. We just took our tree down. Come on, somebody. I was tempted to leave it. I'm one of those people. I just sit there and look at the Christmas and the lights and drink a little bit of coffee. And there was, I'm going to be honest, this year was a little sentimental. Like we were taking it down. And I feel like, is life over? Do we need to go to heaven? Like we're taking the Christmas tree down. This means everybody's going to get mean again. Like everybody's nice. I don't know what it is. We put up the Christmas tree. Everybody's nice. Put it down. Like, hey, man, come on, relax. Christmas will be here again, but then Easter, and it's like things are happening, and I say all that to say it's important to know that it's time for us to go to the next level in our lives, and it's not just going to happen. We're going to have to be willing and willing to listen to his voice, because God wants you to go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, and move forward. Somebody shout, move forward, and I think it's important that we all understand there's voices, and they are buying for your attention. There's voices in the media. There's friends' voices. There's the coworkers' voices that you are going to have to discern through. You're going to have to recognize. And we do. We think we hear voices and we go, okay, I know who that is. Today, this last week, I heard some familiar voices I hadn't heard in a while. I heard the voice of DJ Tanner from Full House. I haven't heard that voice in a long time. Anybody watching Fuller House? I mean, oh my goodness. I, I saw John Stamos again and I learned something from Fuller House. John Stamos moisturizes. I'm like, we need to go get some moisturizer. John Stamos still looks like he's 12. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? Jesus, how do you look that good, right? And I've heard those voices like, wow, these are voices from my past. And when those voices came and I was listening, right, to the voices in Fuller House, it reminded me of years gone by. Anybody feel the same way? And that's kind of what voices can do. It's funny, when I first started dating my wife, Actually, when I just, that courting period, I called her, and I remember she, she had answered the phone. Now, her younger sister, Natalie, used to come to our youth ministry. I was a, a youth pastor for, gosh, 20 years, but 11 years in our previous uh, uh, church. And I called, and Valerie answered, but I knew the voice of her sister. And when Valerie answered the phone, I said, hey, you know, this is Phil. And I said, Natalie, because Valerie's voice sounds exactly like her sister, Natalie. Exactly. And so I said, hey, um, hey, Natalie. She goes, oh, this isn't Natalie. This is Valerie. And I was like, come on, Natalie. Now, her sister was a jokester. So I said, no, no, I'm calling for your sister. And I can only imagine what that was like, like this girl in our youth ministry, the youth pastor's 
after my sister, you know? I mean, that's kind of, you know, and so I thought, okay, she's just joking with me. And I said, no, 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 come on, Natalie. Let, let me talk to Val. I, want, I can't talk, I want to talk to your sister. And I was like, okay, maybe I need to make small talk with Natalie so she doesn't feel like I'm just using her for her sister. Okay, so how are you, Natalie? And Valerie's like, this is not Natalie. And I'm just going to be honest with you. My inability to discern that voice almost cost me my future marriage. And even to this day, they still sound exactly the same. It's funny. But, you know, I think it's that crucial for us that we really understand how to hear the voice of God. And when we talk about hearing the voice of God, there's, we really cannot talk about the voice of God without talking about prayer. And I'm going to talk about prayer in a whole different series, but it's interesting that communication we need to understand is two ways. It's not one way. Communication is talking, but it's also listening. That's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Now, I'm going to give you a real quick people, person encouragement. I have found this to be true, and it is the funniest thing. People like me, not because I'm just this amazing person, right? I, listen, people like me because I have people skills. I'm gonna teach you people skill right now. It has to do with our, our message today. I find this hilarious. Do you know I would meet people and I know a couple things. When I meet people, don't talk about yourself. Ask questions, okay? Some of you need to hear that. Don't talk about yourself. Ask questions. How are you? What's going on? Now, this is, this is what's hilarious, and this is the human, right, psyche, I guess, at work. So how are you doing? How's it going? I talked to this person, never met, and honestly, we talked. I really didn't talk. I must have talked 30 seconds, okay, in the whole conversation. But it came back to me that, hey, guess what? This person you met, yeah, yeah, I met him. Oh, Phil, they loved you. I know why they loved me. Because I got them to talk about themselves. And in that process, they loved me. And all I did was, so how are you? Oh, really? And how you? Oh, good. And, and, right? and my sister's cousin's brother married the sister of this guy and this boy, and we got married in Hawaii, and then my cousin fell and did. Oh, awesome. And they walk away. Man, I like that guy. I didn't do anything. I just listened. And you got to know that when it comes to prayer, it's not just about talking. It's about listening to God. And we need to know his voice because communication isn't just talking, it's listening. And so I think that as we look in scripture, you know what we see? We see a God that is a speaking God. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, the third verse of the first chapter, guess what? It's then God said, let there be light. And guess what? There was light. In the third verse, God opens up and guess what? He's already speaking to us. And he wants us to know he's a speaking God. He's a God of language. He clothes his thoughts in words. He conveys his will in speech. And then the Bible says that he came to Adam in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. It says, and they heard, listen to this, the voice of the Lord. A lot of people think that when God came to Adam, it was God walking. And the Bible certainly does say that. But the Bible says it was like he was walking, but it was his voice that came to Adam. And it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I like to say it like this. Anytime God speaks, it's cool. 
And he came to Adam, right? And then you see on Mount Sinai, on Mount Sinai, God's voice, it sounded like thunder to the point that the children of Israel looked up, they heard the thunder, and they're like, that's, that's God's voice? They're like, Moses, why don't you go up there? We're not going up there. Because his voice rattled. It was, there, was, there was thunder. And then if you know the prophet Elijah, prophet Elijah, God's voice was like a, a whisper to him. One translation says when God's voice came to Elijah, it was like a, a still, small voice. And then John. John on the island of Patmos, he's going to write the, the book of Revelation. The Bible says he heard the voice of God. And John said this about God's voice. It sounded like rushing waters. It sounded like rushing waters. See, that tells me that there's nuances to God's voice. God can have incredible highs and God can have incredible lows in his voice. But you need, we need to understand that God knows how to speak. And I don't think the problem is with God speaking. I think the challenge is, are we listening? But he knows how to speak. And then after the book of Malachi, God goes silent. 600 years of no voice. I mean, 600 years of silence. And then the New Testament opens up with this character named John the Baptist. And what does he say? He says, I am the voice of one that is crying in the wilderness. He didn't say, I am the voice. He said, I am a voice. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And here's that, that the voice again. And he says, repent, right? The kingdom of God is at hand. And so we see the voice come back. And then I think one of the most astonishing astonishing description of Jesus in John 1 God says this about his son and in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and how does God describe his son as a word so this is really powerful this is really powerful because a lot of us, we just think when we look at the Bible that it's just another book. The difference about the Bible between the Bible and every other book is the Bible is alive. The Bible is active, the Bible talks about. I mean, when you read it, it reads you. Come on, somebody. The Bible says when you look, it's like looking in a mirror. And so when you're reading it and looking at it, it's showing you who you are. But you know what it also does? It shows you who you can be. And it shows you who God tells you you can be. And so God describes his son as the word of God. Why such a description? Because God's a communicator. And, you know, when I read these things and I, I study in my personal time and I pray, there's always a thought in the back of my mind. God doesn't have to communicate to us. But he does because he wants fellowship with us. See, even when it comes to prayer, people say, well, I, I, you know, God, God already knows what I pray for. Yeah, that's in the Bible. But he says we're supposed to ask because he doesn't want you just dependent on yourself. He wants you dependent on him and his grace. And for some of us, if we never ask, we would never go to him. And see, I believe that's even why some of us continue to have needs because he knows that when we get to the point where we are so self-sufficient that we're going to come to a place where we feel like we don't need God. And God doesn't want you to have a life without him. He wants our lives to be dependent on him and trusting in him. And so he promises to supply all of our needs. And he is that provider. But he wants us to come to him and say, 
And he says, ask. And then when you look in the New Testament, Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Would everybody say filled with the Holy Spirit? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to plead with you, do not miss the next two weeks. I'm going to explain what the Spirit and the Spirit giving utterance. I'm going to explain all of this in the next two weeks. It's going to change your life. It's going to take you to the next level. Why is God saying this throughout the Bible? God is showing us, hey, I talk, I speak, I want to communicate with you. Now, when you talk about hearing the voice of God, you always have to put people in that element, right? I mean, God loves us, and we're funny. I mean, we're just, one of the things, if I could give you a life lesson, you need to learn how to laugh at yourself sometimes. I mean, you are funny. You, you really are, right? And if you would just learn how to laugh at yourself sometimes, oh, there would be great peace and great joy in your life. But we are funny people. And when you talk about the voice of God. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have been in the church world, not necessarily a Passion Life church, but how many of you have been in the church world more than five years? Let me see. You, you've attended church for more than five years. Okay, awesome, awesome. You're great. How many of you have attended church for more than 10 years? Let me see your hand. More, more than 10 years? 10 years? All right. Awesome. How many of you have t- attended church more than 20 years? All right. Okay, put your hands down. Now, let me ask you a question. Let's just be honest, but I don't, we're not going to raise our hands. So I don't want to embarrass you. How many of you would say that church can be funky? How many of you how many of you would, don't, don't raise your hand, you can like, maybe raise your shoulder, but, but let's just, we're talking about, church can be funky, and let me just tell you this, let's just be honest, church is funky, not because God is funky, church is funky because people are funky, right, let's just be honest, now I know you're laughing, but laugh at yourself too, because you're funky too, I'm looking at you, I see you, you're funky, and that's good, and when we come together, we all funky, but God loves us, Right? And he wants us to come together. <laughs> he looks at us funky people and he goes, this is my bride. And he looks at us and he sees all these funky people and he goes, you are my bride. And I thank him for that. But when it comes to hearing God's voice, if you've been in the church, you hear a lot of people say things that are not God. They are them. And so when it comes to hearing God's voice, I usually hear two extremes, right? And so the first extreme is you have the people who pray and they just talk and Lord and this and that and that and they never listen to God, right? So that's one extreme, right? Then I see the second extreme. I see the person that God is speaking to them all the time. I mean, like all the time, God tells them where to put gas, God tells them, hey, listen, don't eat Cocoa Puffs, eat Frosted Flakes. I don't think that God's going to waste his voice on what cereal you eat. I think your weight should determine that. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Right? God's telling them which pants to wear. Oh, Lord, I'm late because lead me. Come on, God, pick up your khakis and go. And so there's two extremes, and I believe it's somewhere right in the middle. And God wants to speak to us, and he wants to communicate. And I just say that for all of us that are new here in church. You need to know that some people just say, I've had people prophesy things over me, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, the Lord told me, no, that's not the Lord, that is you. Can I just tell you, 
Being that we'll, we'll get into the serious stuff here in a moment. We're going to make a shift, and, and you'll feel it. But we were, um, and I just want to give us some, as we talk about the things of God, uh, God's always right. He's always perfect. It's us that I was graduating from Bible college. Now, I went to a spirit-filled Bible college. The worship was amazing. Our... Um, our worship leader was Kevin Jonas. His sons are the Jonas Brothers, and uh, they're, they were real popular at a certain point, and they were there while we were there. And, I mean, there were just days that God did so many great things. And we're at a graduation, okay? And so all of us are ready to graduate. We are ready to get out of there. We are so excited. So they're doing the graduation worship. Okay, everybody knows it's graduation worship, right? It's not a time where people are going to be throwing coats and healings. It's graduation worship. And we are excited. And all of a sudden the worship comes down and some dude in the back starts yelling out in tongues at my graduation. So So we all know, okay, God's going to, there's going to be an interpretation. Let's wait. So like the whole place, like the room gets like, what is God going to say? Is he going to say, no, don't graduate. Come another semester. Because we know that's not going to be the Lord. So everybody's quiet. So the dude in the back who yells, now he's going to interpret his own tongues. And here was the word that stopped the whole graduation ceremony with 1,500 people. Thus saith the Lord, I am proud of you. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Cue the music. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that because... I respect people who want to walk in the things of God. But it's important that we really hear his voice because a lot rides on that. And so God is is speaking. And I also say that for some of us who want to be more involved in the things of God. And we're looking at God. We know God is awesome, but then we look at his people. And sometimes you just got to know people are trying to do their best. But for us as a church, my church family, we need to hear God's voice so we don't make mistakes. And he will lead us and guide us. So today, as we talk about leading God or hearing God's voice, I think there's some things that maybe you've never heard before that I want to share with you. And let me just give you a couple things when we talk about hearing God's voice. Number one, when God speaks to you, God will speak to your spirit. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. You are your spirit. When you become a new creation in Christ Jesus, your spirit comes alive and you are a new creation. Right? And now listen. Now listen. Why does God speak to your spirit? Because you're a spirit. This is what separates you from you and whiskey, your cat. Whiskey, right, your little cat, has instinct. They don't have a spirit. You have a spirit. Now listen, why do you have a spirit? Remember in releasing our potential when we talked about when God created us, God is what? God is a spirit. And when he breathed his breath of life in you, he created you as a spirit. Why? Because he is a spirit. So when he speaks, he's going to speak into your spirit. Listen, you can just jot these 
scriptures down today. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. It says, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So God is a spirit, and so he created you to be a spirit. Now, I want you to hear this. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this down. This may be the best thing that I say all day. Your spirit craves spirit. Why is that important? Because the opposite is true, too. Your flesh craves flesh. This is why, listen, for some of us that have battled addictions, right? For some of us that grew up and we had premarital sex, your flesh loves flesh. But at the same time, your spirit loves spirit. So listen, listen, because it's so powerful. This is why the Bible The Bible tells us that if you walk by your spirit, Galatians 5.16, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So this is so awesome to me because now God has put us in a flesh, which we call our temple. This is our temple. Some of us have skinny temples. Some of us have, well, I won't go there. But we all have temples. Now listen, I want you to hear this. So God gives us a spirit and he puts the temple. The temple was never meant to run the spirit. The spirit was meant to run the flesh. So as you mature as a Christian, you're supposed to be spirit-led, not fleshly-led. See, right now, there's something that happens as we come together and the worship is happening. Your spirit on the inside is like, hallelujah, oh, yes! Your flesh might be like, oh, man, I'm tired. But your spirit is like, touchdown! You made it to church, and your flesh is like, I'm tired. I want to go back to bed. But if you will break through that into what the Spirit is telling you, you will see that you can overcome the flesh. Come on, that's a good word. But here's what it comes down to. It comes down to what do you feed the most. If you feed your flesh the most, you're always going to be overcome by flesh. But when you feed your spirit the most, you can overcome the flesh. And listen, I'm not just talking about, like, when we talk this way, some people think we're talking about, like, deep sins. No, I'm talking about everyday life, that we're supposed to flow in the spirit, and your spirit craves spirit. It it craves it. Why? Because you're a spirit. And so we got to build that up. So it's important. When God speaks to you, he's going to speak. The Bible also puts together, in some words, your spirit and your heart. God's going to speak to your heart. Now, can that translate into what you're thinking? Absolutely. But what we need to understand is that he doesn't speak to our feelings because your feelings are up and down. And so, listen, I want to help. There's some times, even in worship, that my flesh is like, I don't want to be here. And I have to make a decision because my spirit is connecting. And sometimes I have to tell my flesh, flesh, you better shut up. You don't like this. You know why, flesh? Because this isn't about you, flesh. This is about the inner connection with God. And if flesh would wise up, it'll realize that if I am spirit-led, it'll help my flesh. Right? So he's going to speak here. So when God, and when I want to hear God, here's what I do. I tune out my 
ears here. And the Bible talks about an inner ear on the inside. So number two, now this is gonna be so good. Listen, so God's gonna speak to your spirit. And here's number two, because God's words are spirit and life. Listen to this scripture. I was thinking about this all week. John chapter six, verse 63. It says, it is the spirit who gives life. I come into worship. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Yes, your flesh is tired, but you know what? If you will plug into the spirit, it'll give you life. It'll quicken your mortal body. That will quicken your face. I've seen people who spent time in the presence of God. Maybe it's John Stamos. That's why he looks so good. I've seen people who will be in the presence of God. They're spirit-led. And you know what? It affects how they look. They have smile on their face. They don't look all stressed. Why? Because the spirit is giving them life giving them life. And you need to know that as you come into a worship service, even though you may not feel like it, you can leave transformed because why? The spirit, when God speaks to you today, it's speaking life to your flesh. I mean, to your spirit. It's speaking life to your spirit. And so listen to this. It says his spirit who gives life, but the flesh profits nothing. I wonder how many of us this year in the new year, we had a, right, our new year's resolution, right? I'm tired of my biceps being the size of grapes, right? I'm going to try to get some oranges up in here. And we work tirelessly on the flesh. And then you know what? Our spirit man is mini me. And our flesh, we look like Fabio. And spirit, right? He's like, hey, man, help me out over here. (laughs) And then God's word comes to you and it says, his spirit gives life and the flesh profits nothing. And listen, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. I looked up that word life in the Greek. You know what it means? Life means active. It's moving. Right now, the word of God is moving in your life. It's hitting dead spots in your life. It's hitting areas. That's why some of you, maybe you've been going through some addictions and you've been coming to church and you find out you're getting better. Wow, I'm not, this, man, this, it was every day. Now it's once every two weeks. You know why? Because the spirit is giving you life. It's speaking life to you and it's affecting your flesh. That's why, and I apologize to you. You know, if you've gone to a dead church where there was no life in the service, that is contrary to God because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus said that my words are spirit and life. That's why we call Passion Life Church a life-giving church because the spirit of God is life-giving. That spirit will cure cancer. That spirit will heal arthritis. That's why it's so important. Are you spirit-minded or flesh-minded? It says that the spirit gives life. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, man shall not live by by bread alone, but by every word. Listen to this. Listen to what he said. That proceeds, that's a verb, proceedeth. The word is active. It's happening. It's right now. There's a now word right for you, right here today. Well, I don't know about this. There's a word. It's active. It's proceeding out of the mouth of God. 
And so that's why when you have a hunger, not every hunger is a physical hunger. Sometimes the hunger is a spiritual hunger and you need an active word. And if you will follow that voice, if you will determine that this is the voice of God and grow sensitive to that word, that word, that God will lead you. God already knows who, listen, God already knows who you're supposed to marry and he will lead you. Listen, God already knows the house that he has for you. And he will lead you if you can listen into your spirit. And you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Our spirit craves God's word because we're spirit. There are times that after Passion Life Church, I have friends that have different churches in L.A. and different. There's times where after church here, we'll go eat and I'll go to another church service somewhere else. You know why? Because my spirit craves it. I would rather listen to a good word and a good preacher yelling at me and encouraging me than listen than listening to one direction. Come on, somebody. Because my spirit craves it. You know, this week, I thought about it this week. I've already listened to like seven messages from three different preachers. It just, I can't, I can't get enough. And that's why somebody the other day said, praise the Lord. They said, Pastor Phil, you don't look like you're 45. I said, thank you, Jesus. Because the spirit brings life. Life, 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 life. You remember the story? And uh, Naomi preached this a couple weeks ago. The woman at the well, right? She had five husbands. The guy that she was with was her sixth man. And now she's sitting and talking to the seventh man. His name is Jesus. And Jesus goes around, right, a whole town to make sure that he talks to her. And she's there. Can we just say after six men, you probably have a problem? Could we just like assume that? I mean, one or two, I mean, but seven? I mean, six, and now, now here comes Jesus and he sits next to her. And maybe this will help you because in John 4, listen to their conversation. Jesus says this, but the hour is coming and he's talking to this woman. He says, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father. And what is that word? In spirit. See, I'm glad you're coming to church. I hope that you love what we do here. And let me explain if maybe you're here for the first time. I love all of the lighting and, the, and the, the stuff on the screen. And just to give you a little heads up, there's going to be more lighting and cool stuff. But can I just tell you, that's really not for us as believers. That's for non-believers that walk in here in the flesh and go, Oh, I like that church, man. They, they like rocked. Like they had like lighting and stuff. Like it was like a Judas Priest concert. I mean, it was like awesome. Guys, they're not in the spirit. They're in the flesh. Right? And their flesh was like, yeah, it's good. Now, I've been in churches where my flesh is like, if you go in there, I will kill you. Because it's boring. Right? So here's my point. All of that stuff, listen, don't get, don't get bothered. For some of us, we come in here, and the Bible says if you really want to worship, you're going to worship with your spirit. Your spirit doesn't care about the lights. Your spirit, you know what your spirit craves is God's presence. And so, when, and I want to challenge you because some of you, this is all new to you. You look around and people are waving their hands, right? Or some of them, right? It looks like they're carrying a flat screen TV, right? It's like, right? And, right? And, or some are like, touchdown, touchdown, right? And you're just like, what's going on? Listen, their flesh is being ex, uh, affected by their spirit because on the inside, their spirit is dancing. 
because that's how we were created. And so today's message is to help all of us in this room to move from just a place in worship where it's just about, oh, I don't like that song. Oh my gosh, that's a little too fast. And look at that guy. He's like jumping. This is weird. (laughs) To move you from being a critic and being surface and it being a task to it being spirit and life-giving. But you know what you're gonna have to do? You're gonna have to move from your mind into your spirit. What do I mean by that? I mean, you're gonna have to, this is what I do sometimes. This is why we close our eyes. I don't understand why that guy's always asking me to close my eyes. All right, I'm gonna close one. I wanna see what's going on in this church. I don't want somebody to rob my wallet and put in the offering. I'm gonna see what's going on. We ask you simply to close your eyes because when you close your eyes, you're not distracted and you can tune into what is God doing in my spirit? Like what's going on in my, in my heart? And he says that, listen, the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth for the father is seeking such to worship him. Listen, and here's the reason why. Verse 24, you want to know why? Because God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause for that. Listen, I just want to help somebody. Because when I came to church, nobody told me this. We went to church and like, jump. Like, we're, yeah, that's cool. Jump. We're jumping. We don't know why we're jumping, but we're jumping. Right? Come on, pound it. We're all like, yeah. Pound it for Jesus. All right, Jesus, you died on the cross for me so I can pound it for you. I love, I'm going to tell you, I love all that. In our youth ministry, we do that for an hour. Kids were on the floor sweating, and they had the best time. But God says true worship is not about a fleshly thing. True worship is about a spirit thing. And he says this, if you just do all that and you never connect your spirit, you're going to miss out. And I want to so be intimate with you. So be intimate with you that when you walk out of here, there's such life in you. Because sometimes your spirit needs to recharge. It needs that presence of God. And so this is why when it comes to prayer, God wants you to know his heart. He wants communion with you. I want you to hear this statement. Because the heart of prayer is communion with God, not just getting your needs met. See, this is a little shallow. I'm learning this with my son. I'm trying to teach my son, you don't just come to me when you want something. You come to me because we have a relationship and I'm your father. So when he asks me for stuff, I said, I'll give it to you. Daddy, can I have some gummy bears? Absolutely, come give your dad a hug. Come give your dad a kiss. He'll come over. Because you know what? It's not just about the gummy bears. It's about our relationship and communion with my son. My wife didn't get married to me because she wanted a ring. She got married to me because she wanted me. I know, I know it's hard to believe. And because we got married, the ring was a result of the relationship. And I got to tell you that 
Well, are you one of those preachers that believes that God doesn't meet our needs? Absolutely, he will meet your needs. But if that's all, listen, if you just seek his hand and don't seek his face, you're going to get really frustrated. Because the whole purpose of God is the Bible talks about seeking his face. In other words, all communion with your spirit. And so what happens is people do this. God, you know, I, I, man, I need money this week. God, I, I need, and here's the prayers are not prayers of communion. The prayers are not prayers of intimacy. They're bail me out prayers. Lord, help me, Jesus. Every week. Let me give it to you this way. You come to Passion Life Church, you get saved, like, man, that's awesome. But I feel something different in my life, right? Yeah, I'm not really a prayer person, so you go to Walmart. And you're like, oh, Lord, help me find a parking spot, Lord. Lord Jesus, please help me. And you know what? You pull in to Walmart, and there it is. I mean, the sun, right? Maybe it's not sun. The solar panels, the solar panels are shining on the spot and you feel like heaven is opened up and it wasn't the first parking spot. It was the second, but you're like, I will take that Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. And you pull in and God has answered your prayer. Three months later, it's time to go to Walmart and you're like, oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, help me, Jesus. Get a parking spot at Walmart, Jesus. And then Jesus speaks to you. Go shop at Target. No, he doesn't say that. There's a lot of parking spots over there, but you're going into Walmart and Jesus, and guess what? Listen, there's no parking spots. Jesus, where are you, God? Three months ago, you gave me a parking spot. Okay, let me, let me review my sins. What did I do this week? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I thought that. Oh, man. oh yeah. Okay. But if all you seek is God's hand, you're never going to know his heart. And God's relationship with you is much bigger than a parking spot. And so what God is doing now for you is he's not answering that prayer because he wants you to know his heart. And his heart for you now, three months in, is that you park a little further back because God loves people so much that he wants someone else to get that spot because part of his heart is giving to others. It's not just about you. But if you just seek his hand and not his heart, you will never know who he really is. And so God wants to seek his face. He wants our spirit to connect with his spirit. Number three, so when we know God's heart, it's gonna help us to be sensitive to his voice. I know God's heart. Thank God that he didn't answer some of my prayers. Because I tried to marry the wrong person like a couple times and it wasn't working. And guess who I got mad at? But you know what is hard for me is when I wanted average and I wanted mediocre, God wanted the best for me. And when you know his heart and you understand that sometimes prayers aren't answered, not because he doesn't love you. Sometimes prayers aren't answered because he does love you. And he doesn't, make you, he doesn't want you to make the wrong move. But so we got to move past just seeking his hand to God. What is your heart for me? What is it? And when you understand his heart, you'll be able to hear his voice. When God tells you, no, don't do that. There were people that I dated that I prayed and I said, God, hey, Lord, this, this is the one. I mean, look at this creation that you made. And God's like, that's not for you. That's not you. God, how could you do this to me? And I tell people this all the time. 
If I would have waited and trusted God and did what he said, when I saw Valerie, I would have never dated anybody else. And I just say all that to say, he's been always right. He's been right, but we got to know his heart. Listen, John 15 verse seven says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Look, isn't that intimacy? Isn't that communication? He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So God says, you can come, this is so amazing. You can come to a place of such communion with God where your spirit is connected to his spirit that when you ask God for something, it's done because there's such a connection there. Why? Because you know his heart, because your spirit is connected to God. I want to come to that place where it's not just about me, it's about his spirit and my spirit and doing his will, not just my will. That's why it's a mark of Christianity. It's a mark of maturity when a Christian can be spirit-led and they can overcome their flesh. You want to know where you are with God? How much does your flesh dictate what you do? Now my spirit is helping me get up in the morning because my spirit wants communion with God. And I want to say there is nothing like it. There's nothing like it. You can't have a drug that'll take you there. There's nothing like the presence of God. But we have to grow sensitive to his voices. You know, I think we have mastered the five senses. All of us do. We've mastered it. Yesterday, I went down to throw out the trash, right? We live on the second floor of an apartment, went down to throw out the trash. And I smelled something. And it wasn't the garbage. Oh, I smelled bacon. Bacon. And from our trash can to about right where those drapes are, I smelled bacon. And I knew it was bacon. I have, beyond the shadow of a doubt, I knew it was bacon. So I threw the trash in there and I'm running up the stairs. My wife started making bacon. The whole house smelled like bacon. I had no doubt. And you know what I did? Because I knew it was bacon. I went over there and I watched it sizzle. Oh my God. Mm, it's bacon. You should be eating turkey bacon. Be quiet. Let me have a bacon moment. I smelt it. Felt, I mean, I just felt different. I knew like this it was bacon. You know why? Because I eat bacon. I've eaten bacon. You know, I went to pick up my son from school on Thursday, walked in the door, hear kids screaming. They're like, yeah, having fun. I knew exactly which voice my kids was. Some of you parents know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I had a, a newborn uh, mother tell me, Vanessa, she's doing the youth. She says, I'm starting to distinguish my son's voice. He's, I think maybe just a couple months old. She knows when he's just being antsy. She hears that. She knows when he's in trouble. She knows when it's just gas. Come on, that's a whole nother sound. It's not really a voice. But I'm making a point. Why are we so good with our five senses? Because we use them all the time. But when it comes to our spirit, we don't use it all the time. So we can't recognize. We have to grow sensitive. We have to grow sensitive to the spirit of God. What are you saying, God, to me? Listen, that's why I don't despise being alone. 
A lot of times when we're alone, the first thing we do is we pick up our phone. We Listen, God wants to speak to you. Paul was alone in prison when he wrote the epistles. Man, he was alone. God spoke to him. John was alone on the Isle of Patmos, and he wrote the book of Revelation. Jesus was alone in the Garden of Gethsemane. Why? So he could win the battle over his flesh. Elijah was alone in that cave, and God spoke to him. God already knows what you're supposed to do next. And he wants to speak to you. Listen, he's got a word for your life. God knows where he wants you to go to college. And if you'll hear his voice, he'll pay for it too. Because he loves you. And here's the last one as we close. Number four, when you hear God's voice, you need to know something. God's spoken word never contradicts his written word. God's never going to speak to your spirit something that is contrary to his word. He never will. So let me help you define this real quick as we close. When that voice comes to tell you nobody loves you, that's not the voice of God. Did you hear what I just said? When that voice that says you're not going to make it, that's not the voice of God because that's contrary to his word. The Bible says he loves you unconditionally. Listen, that word and that voice that speaks to you that says, this is one I hear a lot, nobody understands you. That's a lie. God understands you. He made you. That voice is contrary to the word of God. Listen, that voice that is speaking to you, things are never going to get better. That is not the voice of God. That is the voice of the enemy. And that voice that's telling you, listen, listen, and reminding you of your sin and reminding you and accusing you, that is not the voice of God. That is the voice of the enemy. And let me tell you the enemy's goal because it's contrary to God's. The Bible says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But guess what? Before he steals from your life, he's going to accuse your life. And for some of you, you feel like you're never going to the next level. And you know why? It's because you're paying attention to the wrong voice. You need to get and start listening to what God's speaking to your heart. And when that voice comes that says nobody cares, you need to tap in a little bit deeper and know what God's saying. God cares for you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you so you could be a child of God, so you could hear his voice, so you can have communion with him. Can I just say it this way? God's going to speak to your spirit, but the enemy's going to speak to your head. Sometimes I ask myself, this is, what I, is this what I'm thinking? Is this the enemy talking to my head? But what is my spirit saying? Because the spirit is God's place where he speaks to your life. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 